Oh, shit. Here we go again. Last thing on NFL we're going to do, I think we're going to do this every week. It's going to be bet of the week where me and JD go through all of the games and pick out one that we think is an absolute lock that you could put any amount of money on and you will win. Guaranteed winner. So my game, I took Kansas City at Jacksonville. Kansas City has gets three points, so meaning they have to win by four or more points. And then I'm going to take the over on the over-under. The over-under is 51, so I'm going to take the over, meaning that they have to score more than 51 points. J.D., what's your game? I was really feeling Giants five and a half over the Cardinals. I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it, and uh, it's, it's pulling me in a certain direction. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell everybody this is what I trust. I know the Dolphins are going to beat the Patriots. I think the Patriots had a game of their year this past week against Philadelphia. And I'm feeling that the Dolphins beat them by more than two and a half. One touchdown. You're telling me the Dolphins can't beat them by one touchdown? Yes, put your money on the Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are going to walk out of there. A 7, 14, 21, maybe even 21 point win. And if I'm doing an over under for this, it's 46 and a half. I say the Dolphins alone score 35 to 42 points. So New England scores one touchdown. Really? On New England? I'm telling you, bro, the Dolphins are that good. I mean, they're great, but New England's defense is good too. Hey, it's your bet. Your bet. Ladies and gentlemen, trust the money. Follow the money. Follow Cozy if you want to make money. All right. This is the lock of the week. We're going over 46 and a half. It will be, I'll tell you how many points are actually going to be scored if you want to put in an alternate over under. It'll be more than 53 points scored. All right. 53 and a half over that. Go ahead. Lock it in. You heard lock it here it first. In, baby. You heard it here first. That's your bets of Take the week. Take it to the bank. Take it to Take the it bank. Take it to the bank. Alrighty then. Oh shit. Here we go again. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another rendition of Cozy and Murf Podcast. I am your host, Cody Murphy. I'm here with my esteemed colleague, JD Kozad. What up? And today we're going to get into some football talk, some non-football talk. Going to get into some shout-outs, get into some other discussions. Uh, I think it'll be a good episode. We've got a lot to talk about. So I guess we'll probably just get right on into it, J.D. How was your weekend? Another good weekend, man. Put it in the books. As we do every week, we talk about what's going on in our life. At the end of the day, this is what we do. Share our lives and share it with our people. But I was with the girlfriend. We didn't get into too much. Unfortunately, I missed the wedding, but I did get to at least get out of the house for a little bit and went and watched her play some sand volleyball and basically just sat around her house all weekend. But in the same breath, I wasn't alone, and it was nice. It's relaxing. It's comforting, you know. So I got to kick back, relax, have a good weekend. What about what about yourself? I know you had a big weekend. Lots, lots oh, of Oh, yeah, pretty so. busy. Pretty busy this weekend. Not something I'm really accustomed to. Friday, Friday, I really didn't do nothing. But Saturday, we obviously we went to Owen and Emily's wedding, which is awesome. Shout out. Owen and Emily, uh, beautiful wedding, beautiful time. The people that I love, so. It was great. Wouldn't have missed it for the world. 
Yes, yeah. congratulations are in fact due. And then Sunday, um, we had a cookout to go to, a family reunion, and that was pretty cool. A lot of food, a lot of people that I haven't seen in a while. So overall, pretty good weekend. Can't complain. Um, yes, sir. And you know what else they do on the weekend? They play the greatest sport in the world known as football, American football. American. So I did a little bit of watching of that. Yes, sir. So I guess we'll just get right on into it. Uh, College football week two takeaways. Um, Well, I want to start talking, start with Alabama, the downfall of Alabama to Texas, 34-24. What a great start. It was going on during the wedding, so I really didn't get to watch as much as I would have liked, but I did watch the highlights and um, looked at some of the stats. Looks like Texas just threw the ball all over the place against uh, Bama. Something that I wrote down, Bama's defense looks kind of suspect against a loaded Texas offense. I think Bama is kind of shaky right now. They're... It's like they're walking on eggshells. They didn't do as well as they would have hoped to last year, and it seems like they're still trying to figure things out as far as um, quarterback play, defense, just overall offensive scheme. Uh, Looks like people have caught up and caught on to what they like to do. And for so long, it was just – Bama, everybody knew what they would, they were going to do, and they did it anyway because they were just so much better. But now yeah. it seems like the talent pool is kind of caught up. I think, obviously, the transfer portal has done a lot for these um, other programs that really didn't get the recruits. I mean, I mean, excluding Texas. Texas yeah. is always going to get recruits. But I think that it's the transfer portal has definitely closed the gap when it comes to Bama, Georgia, and then everybody else. Yeah, I agree. I don't. When I, I watched that game, and I did have. I mean, I had a lot of downtime this weekend, so I watched a lot of football, and just watching the way Texas, like the score was semi close, but the game was not. It was one of them games where it was not close. It was like rightfully dominated by Texas. I don't care what anybody says. If you watch that game, you understand that it was the wide receivers were taken off the top of the secondary. It seemed like yes. Quinn Ewers had absolute control of the game. Even when it was like Alabama would inch closer, Quinn Ewers would find an open wide receiver downfield. Right. It, it was, was like Texas. Like it was like Texas always had an answer. Yeah. And Bama is not used to that. Bama is not used to getting punched in the mouth. Yeah. Repeatedly. You know, they're used to the intimidation factor, you know, playing against the the Crimson Tide, and they're used to people just rolling over. But shout out to Texas, man. Credit to Texas. They did their thing. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, obviously he's a good head coach. He keeps getting jobs. This is his second major head coaching job in college. He went to the NFL for a little bit. Didn't work out. But now he's back at Texas. It looks like they're on the right track. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quinn Ewers threw for 349 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. So he had an absolute monster game. Uh, he spread the ball around. There was nine guys with uh, receptions. 
five guys had multiple receptions. Um, one receiver went over 114 yards. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they were spreading it around. It was an offensive clinic is what it sounds like. Yeah. It was a, it was a good game. It was a fun game to watch. It was, it was very dynamic. Uh, one of the things that like you were toning to with Alabama is that fear factor. They seem like they're still a good team, but people aren't walking in there scared. Like you were saying, and Jalen Milrow, Alabama's quarterback. He like if you look at him, huge freak. I'm, I wrote down. He reminds me of Anthony Richardson. He's really raw. He's got a lot of talent. Big arm. Can, I don't know if you saw any of the highlights of him running. I've seen him play. Yeah. I mean, he's got. Tools, he's a freak but, athlete, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. But I feel like Alabama's used to having a guy step right in and be the perfect guy to run that offense. Milrow is not the type to run an Alabama offense. He's the type of he's like an improviser, and that's not what Alabama is. So it's it's going to take some time. I would I'm not going to write Alabama off, although I feel like they don't have their identity yet. I still feel like once they figure things out, they're still going to be one of them teams at the end of the season you don't want to fuck with. And I don't. Yeah, I mean, not, definitely. I, don't I, mean, I definitely think Bama is still a contender, even with one loss. And look at what they did last season. They almost got back into the college football playoff, even after, you know, slipping up there. So Bama's, I mean, Bama's going to keep coming. It's always, they're still a very good team. I still think they're a top five team in the, in the nation, honestly. Um, but I think that Bama losing, I think it's actually beneficial for the SEC. I think it's important for the SEC to welcome in a strong Texas program, a strong Oklahoma program. That way it just encourages more competition. Yeah. We don't want these, we don't want weak teams in the conference. We want, you know, that's why we added Oklahoma and Texas because of the, the prestigious, the, you know, it's the name, the yeah. brand, Oklahoma, Texas. Those are, those are very, you definitely don't want to be facing a cakewalk Texas team. You want a team that comes in that's going to have some some name about them. And Texas exactly. And so that. everybody is kind of losing their minds about, oh, is this the beginning of the end for Saban? And SEC looks weak this this uh, this year. And I and I must admit there is some merit to that. Yeah. I know you said it last week, um, and it continues on into this week. The SEC looked kind of shaky against. Some of these other uh, non-conference schools. So we'll see. I think it's a good thing. Like I said, I think you know stiffer competition is always going to be better for the conference as a whole. Yeah. Good shit. Yeah, we'll move on to the next game. I yep. wanted to talk about Texas A&M uh, gets beat by a solid Miami program yep. in a shootout, forty-eight to thirty-three. This game was high scoring. It seemed like it was back and forth all game. Really, it seemed like I know the score is kind of lopsided at the end, but it seemed like it was going to wind up with whoever whoever wound up with the ball last was going to win. It's kind of one of those games. Um, I didn't really get to watch, but I looked at the stats, and like I said, it's another both quarterbacks go over three hundred. 50 yards. Yeah. Um, it was a big day for, for both teams. I mean, it, 
definitely turned into one of them games that you had to turn on. I kept seeing the updates and kind of pulled myself into the game. I wasn't watching it at first because, I don't know, I just couldn't feel myself find my way into watching and in Miami. But that quarterback from Miami, he's got some real talent about him. I don't know. He's got he's got something Tyler about Van Dyke. Him. Yeah, Tyler Van Dyke. He's got something about Those him. Are five got, tutties. You know, I mean, he, he looked good. And it's also like this is something that needs to be said. Like it is good for college football when these these big name teams like Miami and Texas are banging off these big wins. It's like it's finally some parody in college football that right, we haven't yes. had in the last decade and a half. You know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, good for Miami. But another note, the SEC again, you know, struggling. Yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it for a minute. It's another example of a of a uh, SEC team losing to an ACC team. Uh, I mean, uh, ACC is a solid conference as well. It's up there with – you know, Big Ten, ACC, SEC. We talk about the Pac-12. <clears throat> the Pac-12. The Pac-12's got some uh, good teams in it this year as well. Yeah. Um. Big also, uh, Auburn. Auburn played Cal, and that yeah. was a that was the last game of the night, and it was the only thing on to watch. And so I watched like probably thirty minutes of that game, and I. Turned it off because it was just boring. Yeah, I think Auburn's program is just dead. It's, really- yeah, there's a couple programs that have taken a, a downward, yeah, downward tre- uh, trend here in the last few years. Auburn, you got Florida's kind of fallen off here recently. Yeah, um, you know Mississippi State's not as strong. Ole Miss, Ole Miss is ranked. Oh, that's another thing. Ole Miss yeah, and Tulane. Ole Miss, Tulane, which I was riding the Tulane train. I, I, I forgot to put that in my notes. Ole Miss, man, they found a way. They, they beat a good they Tulane pull team. Out. They pulled it out. Yeah, they're 2-0. and And that uh, Jackson Dart fella, he looks pretty good. Their quarterback. Man, Lane Kiffin will never die. I, every it's time like I want to ride him off, you, I can't. Exactly. You think, he's gonna, you think it's going to be, you know – this is going to be the end for Lane, and then yeah. he ends up getting another job and staying right there in the thick of it. Makes no I sense. just, I just hope that uh, he can do something. You know, yeah. He's, I mean, how many high-profile jobs has he had? Tennessee, he coached USC for a while. Alabama, the offensive coordinator. He was at Alabama for a while, won national championship there, went to the NFL. He coached, was it the Raiders? I want to say it was the Raiders. I want to say so. Yeah, I know I he remember. was in. I know he was in the NFL, but I can't remember where he was at. I but can't remember where he coached either. But he's had some. He's had some good gigs, and it just seems like. But I also feel like this might be the the place where he fits in finally. Is Ole Miss? Yeah, like he, he, I think so too. He's like loved and admired there. You know what I'm saying? So I could see him. It's just see some of these these college coaches. It's a name game. Yeah, you know, you get that name recognition, and then all of a sudden you're in line for two or three major Division One coaching jobs. Yeah. So I just think it's interesting how it's kind of a kind of a parallel to the NFL. You know, once you hear a name, it gets keep gets 
it keeps getting brought up over and over for these new positions that open up, whether that's defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, head coach, yeah, quarterbacks coach, this, that, the other. Yeah. So anyway, um, Colorado. Talk about the big one, baby. Colorado. Colorado. We got to talk about Dion and Buffaloes. So uh, watch this game. Colorado hosted the University of Nebraska. Um, really struggled early. I watched pretty much that whole game, and it seemed like Colorado's offense was struggling a little bit early. Um, just uh, took them a minute to find their rhythm, but. Thankfully, the defense was on point that day and basically shut down anything Nebraska wanted to do. And with that being said, Nebraska was de- was struggling all day with turnovers. Their quarterback fumbled it three times through two picks. It was just a mess. Um, you know, hard to watch, but I think the Buffalo's defense they kind of took what everybody said about week one, you know, where they're soft in the middle or they give up too many yards. Yeah. Don't tackle, don't force turnovers. And they um, kind of took that personal and then came out against Nebraska and really showed out. Um, Shadir Sanders goes for 393, uh, two tutties, no interceptions. So another great game for him. The receivers for – Colorado went off. Xavier yeah. Weaver, 10 receptions, 170 yards, one touchdown. Travis Hunter with another big game, three receptions, 73 yards, while also adding four tackles. So playing both sides of the ball again. Um, and then Joe Jimmy Horn, eight receptions for 64 yards. So they threw they threw it around a lot too. Yeah. Um like I said, defense forced four fumbles, recovered three, and also had a pick. Matt Rule's Nebraska team not looking good. That's another name, Matt Rule. Matt Rule, yeah, I was about to Played say that. Bay- or didn't play. He coached at Baylor, had that program looking really nice. Had it, then he got offered the Carolina job in the NFL. Went there. It was a complete disaster for two years. Ended up getting fired last year, and then gets hired by Nebraska in the offseason. Um, I, don't, I don't understand that, man. He never did anything to he, impress me. Well, he, he's apparently he's one of those supposedly quarterback whisperer, offensive guru type. And it's it's funny because you hear a lot of coaches that have the, get that kind of moniker about him. Like, oh, he's supposed to take the quarterback and elevate the quarterback and the offense is supposed to score – you know, 28, 35 points a game, 50 points a game, whatever. It's like Chip Kelly. Yeah. Everybody used to rave about Chip Kelly. And I think the innovative coaches on offense, they're always going to be the more popular. You know, offense is always going to be more popular in the game of football. But yeah. eventually those defensive coaches catch up and they catch on to what's what the offense is doing. So it's like a cat and mouse game. Yeah. The offense is innovating and the defense kind of has a count, figures out a counter. And it's just, it's interesting to watch the chess match out there. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed the Colorado game. There's something, I don't know. There's something special in the air of Colorado. You kind of just get drawn into the allure of 
Dion, Shadir, Travis Hunter, the, that whole team. They're really fun, and I, I really enjoy watching them. But I know I read it in your notes, and you, you know you pointed to it. It's like those mistakes that they were having early on, it kind of felt like they played so big in that game previous and then to step into Nebraska. It's not the same feel, you know what I'm saying? Even though Nebraska draws a big crowd, and I'm sure it was a, a huge crowd right there to see Colorado play them, but it's just not the same atmosphere. It's almost a trap game of of sorts. Well, it's um, just not – it doesn't have the – the hype around it because yeah. Nebraska hasn't been good in forever. Yeah. And I just think Colorado kind of took their ga- their foot off the gas a little bit, maybe took them for took them for granted and just thought that, Oh, we're just going to dog walk these guys, which they eventually did end up blowing them out 36, 14. But it was almost like they came out and they weren't focused they didn't take their opponent serious. And I'm sure Dion probably had something to say about that. Uh, there was just way too many penalties. There's way too many mental mistakes out there. And like I said, you can get away with that against the Nebraskas of the world. But USC, you know, you're not getting away with, with silly holding calls or silly PIs or, or silly personal fouls or unsportsmanlike conducts. Like, you cannot have that against a top-tier program. So I think that they have a learning curve, obviously. you got to learn how to be a winner. It's not just about winning. It's about learning how to win. Um, they have you know, they have a, a long road ahead of them. But overall, 2-0 and is a great start for a team that won one game a year ago. So. And then they got Colorado State next. And then they've got a, a kind of a, a tough road, a bunch of ranked teams. They've got Oregon USC, and they've got two winnable games, Arizona State and Stanford. And then they finish out the year with UCLA, Colorado, Arizona, Washington State, Utah. So they've got a tough road ahead. But if they beat all of these teams, say say they do pull off a miracle run, bro, they'll be a top five team, and that's crazy to say. Oh, for sure. I think I think they win eight games this year. Yeah. I could I see mean, that. That's huge. Like, how many realistically? And I know we're going to get to Heisman talk, and we'll probably bring this up again. But realistically, where do where does Colorado have to be for Shadur Sanders to be a top four Heisman candidate? I believe they have to be bowl eligible. Okay, and they have to get a bowl bid. Um. I don't know. Like I said, they've already doubled their win total for last year. I think you, you obviously you have to have six or more wins, and it also depends on Shadur's stats. The more wins, the less important the stats, or not the less important, but the less astronomical the stats have to be for him to be in that conversation. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if they win ten games, nine games, and he has, and he's right in the pack, middle of the pack with the rest of the guys, and sure, put him up there. But if they only win six, seven games and his stats aren't, you know, undeniable, then I could see him getting passed over for, say, a Sam Hartman or a Michael Penix or a Caleb Williams. Yeah. So I think it just depends. It's always kind of finicky with the Hosman. It's more political than anything, if you ask me. 
It, yeah, it, that's, that's what I would – I mean, that's I, – I feel like Caleb is going to run away with it, but still. And which yes. – do you have any other games you want to talk about? Because we could just transition right into – Well, I was going to say the Kentucky game. They kinda, yes, please. Go ahead. <clears throat> they scared me a little bit. Um, obviously, playing EKU at Eastern – um, it was a close game going into halftime. It was, I think it was seven to seven going into halftime. Ended up twenty eight seventeen. So we were uh, Kentucky was able to to skirt past Eastern, but man, if we look like that against Eastern, what are we going to look like against Alabama? Because we because Kentucky plays Alabama and Georgia this year. Yeah. So, you know, we've got some things we need to figure out. But, you know, a win is a win. We've got Akron this weekend, so we we need to win this game by 40, I feel yeah. like, for me to be confident moving into SEC play. Yeah. But, like I said, win is a win. Not going to complain about that. So. In the same breath, I can talk on about Ohio State, and they played Youngstown State, which should be a dog walk. We win 35-7. to Still got our question marks about who what's going on with quarterback. I mean, he got saved multiple times by Marvin Harrison's freak athleticism. Right. And but Brian but Day did announce today that um, – what's his name, quarterback? Kyle McCord. McCord will be the starter for the rest of the year. So, apparently he did enough to impress coaches. Oh, whatever. I don't even – he just – he drives me insane. I, 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 Is he a freshman? No, he's a redshirt sophomore. So he's been there for three years. Yeah, he's been there. He just doesn't look comfortable, and he kind of throws, like, long and awkward. I don't like When's him. the last time that Ohio State had a good white quarterback? Because most of the time it's always black. We haven't had one since. Was it Hartline? Hartline was a wide receiver. Oh, I thought he started out as a quarterback, but I guess he moved to wide receiver. So Braxton, it's been a line since Braxton Miller. So Troy Smith, even going back to Troy Smith. Well, no, there was there was a white guy in between there. Um, I had to look that up because <laughs> it's been honestly a though. Long I mean, that's just time, a, bro. that was just the first thing that came popped in my head whenever I saw yeah uh, McCord starting. I was like, man, when's the last time Ohio State had a white QB? Right. It doesn't. I mean, it hasn't. It's been a while. So all things turn out well. The, the kids got. I think you know, Ohio State will be fine, dude. Um, they just, like you said, they got to get their receivers and their quarterback on the same page. But everything else is good. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just, I just, I just not used to having. A guy back there. I don't. It's just. It's a different feel. And I'm not used to not having a a supreme athlete back there. Yeah, basically, somebody that's going to be a first round draft pick is just. I mean, yeah, you get you're spoiled. Yeah, Kentucky's (laughs) Kentucky hasn't had a first round quarterback, and well, Will Levis. Yeah, but how good really is Will Levis? You know. The world we'll may talk never about know. That. We'll talk about that when we get to the <laughs> we'll NFL. Talk about, later. talk about that when we get to the NFL. Oh. Last thing I want to talk about, college football, uh, some Heisman spotlight candidates. Obviously, Caleb Williams from USC, 19 of 20 for 
281 yards, three tutties, no interceptions. Also had 21 rush yards and a touchdown on the ground as well. Michael Penix Jr. had another monster game, 28 of 38 for 489 yards. Three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Jordan Travis, I think this is a kid that kind of is flying under the radar for a lot yeah, of people. Very much uh, so. Florida State's quarterback. Yep. Um, 15 for 29, so not great, and only 175 yards, but he, um, he's been lighting it up, you know, pre- in the other games, previous game that he played. So, um, you know, look out for him. I think, like I said, he's not really on anybody's radar right now, but, could be a name to watch out for. Uh, Shadur Sanders, Colorado quarterback. He's responsible for seven total touchdowns so far. Nine hundred Over 900 pass yards. Yeah. And then last but not least, Sam Hartman from Notre Dame quarterback. Yep. 15 of 24 this week, 286 pass yards. Um, I think he had three touchdowns. Yeah. So far, he's responsible for 11 total touchdowns, 730 yards through the air. Wow. So – like I said last week, we've got a lot of explosive players, I feel like, on the offensive side of the ball. We really haven't seen any standout defensive guys yet, but they don't usually, you usually don't notice them until later in the year when they've compiled a bunch of tackles and you know interceptions, fumbles, forced fumbles, all that. And really, honestly, whenever you think about a defense, you think, as, think of it as a unit. You don't really think of individual players. You think of the defense as a whole, kind of like you would the offensive line. Yeah. Think of it as a whole. So it's kind of harder to stand out on defense. But like I said, Travis Hunter playing both sides of the ball, he could, if he dominates on both sides of the ball, could be another one to watch out for that in the Heisman. Yeah. That would be be sick if Travis Hunter did win the Heisman. Oh, I would love it. it. When's the last time we that happened? I mean, I mean, it's been also, years. Also, I feel like the Heisman could use a little bit of parity. Let's mix it up yes. a little bit, get out the quarterback, but Caleb Williams may not be able to be denied. You know what I'm I saying? Mean, yeah, he's a front runner for sure. Yeah. Patty Mahomes point 2.0. Yeah. Good Lord. All right, that does it for our college football discussion. I think we'll move on over to NFL now, opening kickoff week one. Yes, sir. Big week. Yes, sir. Week one. Oh, it never, it didn't disappoint. That's for sure. No, it did not. It was well worth the wait. All right. So, I, do you want to go over the pickums? I feel like it's best to do so. Um, from the last week, uh, I believe the only things that we had different were I picked the Rams. And you yeah, I went. Seattle. I went seven and eight. So not not a good performance for me. So I went eight and seven, which was our only difference, I believe. So it was the Rams over? It was the Rams and the Seahawks? Yeah. Okay. All right. No, so I'm sorry. I took the Bears over the Packers. Did you take the Bears? Yes, I took the Bears. Okay. Yeah. So I went eight and seven. Only difference was I took the Rams over the Seahawks, which because I'm riding the Matt Stafford train, I'm saying he's all the way back. He looked all the way back. Looked great, honestly. I won't put too much stock into Week One. Um, it's really hard to gauge where teams are going to be at. Yeah, 
first week of the season. Every, people are still knocking the rust off. A lot of these guys didn't even play in the preseason. So I'm not going to, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt, but it is what it is. I'll try to do better this week coming up. Yeah. Um, talk about some performances and breakout performances, maybe a few fantasy spotlight guys that yes, sir. May, maybe names you haven't really heard of that, that stood out this past weekend. Yes, sir. Uh, starting off, I mean, we got to start off with Tua. What a game. Tua and Miami Dolphins, possibly the best, arguably the best offense in the league. Yeah. I'd say the only other team that's even near that level would be Kansas City when they're yeah. healthy. When they're healthy, yeah. But, man, talk about weapons. Tua explodes for 466 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Well, not a perfect game, but damn near it. I mean, anytime you go over 400 yards in the NFL, I mean, that is a all, huge that's game. a great game. Yeah. And you've got legit speed fucking you've, everywhere. You've got literally the probably the fastest duo. Yeah. Wide receivers in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You blink also, and Raheem, boys are gone. Raheem Mostert. I mean, that boy's a track star, bro. Yes, absolutely blazing speed. Yes. So, so that was a great uh, – great. that was my game of the week, yeah. honestly. The Dolphins um, will probably Dol- end up winning that division. Dolphins and Chargers, yeah. 36-34. It was a great, great game. Yeah. Went back and forth all game. Yeah. I can see Miami pulling that division away, especially after the way – especially <laughs> after what happened with the Jets and Bills game. Man. We'll get to that here in a minute. Um Cousins, Stafford, Carr, Mac Jones, all over 300 yards. Yep. McCaffrey ran for 150-plus on the ground. Had a hell of a week in fantasy. I think he was the highest-scoring player in the league as far as fantasy goes. He put Um, on a show, too. He looks so good. Yeah. I mean, that one run he had where he he hit the hole, juked to the right, and then spun back to the left. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, dude! It was that was like poetry in motion. I, I feel love. Like I lo- forget how good he is, dude. I love watching him because he's so shifty. I would hate to try to tackle him in the open field. I wouldn't even try. I'd just be like, no, I just let sir. him go. Like he you scored. scored a touchdown. Yeah. Oh my god! Say the touchdown is this way, sir. End Damn. zone that way. On Good top point. of that, too, Brock Purdy looked fucking good for Oh, the yeah. Which I know oh, we're going to yeah. run down the games and talk about them, but it's the 49ers are scaring the shit out of me, to be honest. That's a Super Bowl team. Yes. Week one, that's a Super Bowl team. Yeah. Now, you know, will that be the case 15 weeks from now? We'll see. But, yeah, they look like the most complete team offensively, defensively. Look great. Um, Brees Hall. Yeah. Great comeback game. Coming back off of an ACL injury, mm-hmm. he had 127 yards on the ground. Looked like he hadn't missed a step. Good, good for uh, Brees Hall. Yes, I, I, I like I like Brees Hall. I liked yeah. him last year. Yeah, he probably would have won Rookie of the Year if he didn't get hurt. Yeah, which now he can win Comeback Player of the Year. True. There you Eckler, go. Eckler, Chubb, both go for a hundred plus yards. Yep. Um, Tyreek Hill goes for 215 reception yards on 11 receptions and two tutties. He truthfully could go for 2,000 yards. I mean, how unguardable is this guy? 
It, I he think did he just it gets Can- better with time. He did it in Kansas City. Yeah. He's doing it now in, in Miami. It seems like he's just always open. And whenever he is, like, you know, Tua will drop back and just throw a bomb. And it's like there's nobody even around Tyreek no. Hill. Like, how did he get so far downfield with nobody even <laughs> noticing? It's like just I guess put- it's because he's so short. I don't know. Yeah, they just lose him. It's like just throw somebody in the end zone and make them track him like a center fielder. <laughs> There's no. I mean, you can't single coverage. You can't put single coverage on him. You you put double coverage on him and he's still going to break it. You triple team him and then Jalen Waddle's going to be open. Yeah. So you know it. It's going to be a, a fun season to watch for. They remind me a lot of the greatest show on turf. Yeah. That's what they're 2000s Rams. Yeah. Yeah. Which. Yeah. That, that's good I kind of agree with. Yeah. I mean, they're just always, it's like you blink your eye and they're, they're in the end zone. It's like, what did I, what just happened? It's, it's fun to watch. It was fun. There was a lot and of you, good football this weekend for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I, I loved it. Uh, then you have Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Another, that whole 49 2-2 Atwell and Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua, which Puka I was going to highlight for fantasy there. Yeah, put that name on your radar. All, yeah. He went over 100 yards as well. So yes. all those guys went over 100 yards. Great week of football. Uh, defensively, I know, you know, wah, wah, wah. a lot of people don't like to talk about defense. Bobby Wagner, 19 tackles. Anytime somebody gets – Practically twenty tackles in a game. That's unreal. Un, you know, unheard of. Unreal. Then you have uh, T.J. Watt, Josh Allen, and Drake Jackson all had three sacks. Big, huge. Yeah. Uh, the Whitehead kid for for uh, New York Jets. Yep. Basically, won him the game. Three. He got, picks, his, he got uh, his incentive Allen. bonus in one game. Yeah, he hadn't had three picks in a season, and he had three picks in one game. Wow. So he had. They definitely had Josh Allen's number last night. Yeah. Um, which speaking of, he didn't. He. Uh, well, I'll talk about. I'll, t- I'll talk a little bit more about him in a minute. Uh, last guy, Jesse Bates, the third, two picks for Atlanta. I'm not used to talking about Atlanta's defense, so yeah. this is a very promising sign for me. Uh, I'll. I'll like what Atlanta looks like. Yeah. They looked like they had a plan. They executed that game plan. And yes, they were going against, you know, Bryce Young and his rookie debut, uh, you know, Carolina Panthers organization that's kind of rebuilding. But, you know, a win is a win. One and all, I'll take it. Bijan Robinson looked good. Kyle Pitts looked great. Desmond Ritter played played pretty good. Didn't throw a touchdown, but he also didn't throw any picks, so we'll take Which that. Which is huge. Yes. They have enough weapons in Atlanta to to win football games as long well, as they don't turn the ball over. They've been building this offense for the past probably four years. Now we finally have, it seems like, also Tyler Algier. Yep. What a beast of a performance. He looked good, especially with the threat of Bijan Robinson being there, and Bijan looked yes. good too. I mean, well, I, I think it all. I think it kind of is. It, well, it's not kind of. It is the coach Arthur Smith. I love what he's done in Atlanta so far. It's changed the entire culture. We kept we see, uh, the vibe I get 
is we know we, we're not going to be superstars right now. We know we're not going to blow people out. So we're going to run the ball, control the clock, take care of the ball, don't turn it over, play good hard-nosed defense, and try to win some ball games. Yeah. We're not doing anything fancy. We're not, you know, we're not flashy. Just we're just trying to win a game, you know. And I kind of I love that uh, mentality out of my head coach. Yeah, gives it gives really big Belichick vibes. Yeah, which is good. It's all, I mean, having an identity in the NFL is a huge thing because it should be number one priority. Yeah, you don't have an identity, you're not going to win football games. I can probably guarantee you that. Right. What a what a weekend, man. That's really I'm glad all the balls back. Me too. Dude. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I know I'm getting on Kaylee's nerves cuz I just been talking. <laughs> I just been like blurting out stats and talking to myself. She's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "I'm talking about football, all right? Football's great." I, I Kayla doesn't really watch football and like we sat down and watched the whole Eagles game and then right after that we turned on the Cowboys Giants game. It was like, I know that it's like outside of her norm, but I got fantasy teams to manage, girl. So yeah, I mean, we gotta we gotta watch. We're, we're, yeah, gonna, we're to gonna learn. That's like that. I mentioned that I went to a family cookout on Sunday, and it was at twelve. It was like from twelve thirty to three or whatever. And I got there, ate, hung out for a little bit, and one thirty rolled around. I was like, all right. I've got to go home. I need to be on my phone. I need to be watching scores and stats. I need to be watching football. It's football season. Got to. We got to go home, girl. Nah, me, I had like that. I sent you the picture. And and for those who are going to be interested in Patreon, you could see our setups. We had a big, we had a roll and I had double screens, third screen with the TV. Like we was watching all kinds of football this weekend. So you got a little insight into how we work, but what a fucking good weekend. Football's back. Absolutely. I All mean, right. biggest takeaways from week one. <clears throat> I wrote uh, rookie QB struggle in their debut. Yeah. At, um, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson all took the L this week. Yeah. Although I've got to say, I think Anthony Richardson probably had the best debut of all three rookie starters. Honestly, they probably should have won that game. Yeah. But Jacksonville, you know, Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence did their thing and pulled out a uh, fourth quarter comeback victory. So it is what it is. I think they'll be all right. I mean, you're going to have that with rookie quarterbacks. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to, they're going to have growing pains. So, you know, you don't pick them in the first round and pay all that money for no reason. Yeah. Got to keep rolling with them. It'll be fine. The bigger issue, uh, these big money QBs struggled this weekend. Yes. My buddy sent me a stat earlier, and it was Burrow, Jackson, Jalen Hurts, and Mac Jones combined for like $980 million. And over the weekend, they combined for one touchdown. Yep. Like, what is going on with these guys getting their money and then shitting themselves? I mean, Joe Burrow looked absolutely awful. I feel like everybody looked like an NFL quarterback except for Joe Burrow. And it was 
But in the same breath, every year, week one for Joe Burrow has been bad. It's like yes. almost sacrificial ritual at this point. Week one, mm. dog poop. Last year he threw four picks against Pittsburgh in week one. You know what I'm saying? Right, and yeah. he turned it around. Uh, and he didn't have a preseason because of that calf injury. So I'll, I'm going to take – it with a grain of salt. Yeah, you one. give him you give him benefit of the doubt. Somebody like Joe Burrow, you know, he's a winner. We know he's a winner. He's not. He's going to figure it out. But you know, he did look pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, I, like I said, I don't think he was fully one hundred percent healthy. Yeah. But yeah, man, these these guys getting their big contracts, and then it's like Daniel they Jones, look like a completely different player. Yeah, Daniel yeah. Jones completely shits himself. Yeah. And. Uh, I know that's, that sounds a little bit harsh, and a lot of it was on the offensive line. I mean, literally, Daniel Jones, as soon as he snapped the ball, was covered. Yeah. Oh, by, he didn't even have a chance. I mean, Dallas's defense looked ridiculous. Yeah. It looked like it could be an all-time great defense. And uh, listen, I'm sure it's great, and maybe it's just the, the cowboy hater in me, but let's pump the brakes a little bit, all yeah. right? Dallas played a great game, but also the Giants looked like a, a JV high school team out there. Dude. It was embarrassing. I turned it off after halftime. I was it like, was I'm not bad. watching this. It was such a bad game. And then, like, me and Kayla were sitting there talking and watching it, and we're like, I can't tell if this defense is this good or the Giants were that bad. And, like, the longer it went on, it was – less and less convincing to me that it was just the defense is good. Yeah. Because even at some point, a good defense gives up something. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I don't even know that the Giants made it to the opposite 40 at all the entire game. Like It was it was downright It disgusting. looked terrible. It looked it miserable. Was it was just an ugly game to watch. I mean, literally everything that could have gone wrong went wrong for, yeah. for New York. Yeah. I don't really – I mean, aside from maybe, like, what, a, a couple team performances, everybody was kind of ugly this weekend for the most part, which made it a little more entertaining because you didn't really know what to expect. But nobody really stood out to me in, in any breath at all. It's like nobody blew me away and was like, oh, that's – I mean, other than the 49ers. That's about the only team. Well, that 49ers and – um 49ers. Cowboys, I guess you could say. Cowboys, yeah. Other than that, there really wasn't any, like, huge, huge discrepancies. Yeah. Well, Cincinnati. Yeah. Cleveland Cleveland steamrolled them. Yeah. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Cleveland could fuck around and win that division, dude. They've got a team. They absolutely could. They absolutely yeah. could. They've got a hell of a roster. Yeah, they really could. There's I think a lot they've of figured out some things. Stefanski looks like he's uh, got a you know looks like he's finally got the chemistry going in that locker room in the offense. They they have found their identity in Nick Chubb. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna run the rock. Yeah. They're gonna run the ball. We know that. But yeah, other notable uh, narratives that I have written down here: Cowboys and Jets, best defenses? Question mark. That is, the Jets defense did look legit. They were all over fucking a good Bills offense, and I don't know. It just maybe seemed Josh Allen was off a tick. He overthrew those three balls pretty much that were intercepted. 
but we all know he has a strong arm. Maybe I don't know. I think he was forcing it. Yeah, it looked like he was trying to play Superman. Superman. Yeah, he's out there trying to hurdle dudes on third and long, and it's like, dude, just slide. Take care of your body. Take care of the ball. Slide. Get down. Take what the defense gives you, and then hit the fucking bomb whenever you lull them to sleep. Yeah. It seemed like he was going for the home run all night long, and it just was not there. Jets' like defense he, he was too good for that. He fed way too much into the hype of the Monday Night Football, Aaron Rodgers' debut, 9-11 in New York. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, like, it was yeah. kind of like killing him. He got too antsy. Or, yeah. you know, I mean, which he's a young player. He's gonna, You're going to have that. But he's been in the league now for, what, four years? Yeah. So, I mean, he's old enough to, to, to be past that, I feel like. Yeah. And but – I, you know. I was listening to the radio, and I was listening to a, a guy talk about the frustration with Stephon Diggs. And yeah, kinda, he looked pissed after the game. Yeah, it kind of brought up a good thing. I don't know. Like, Stephon sees it as these past couple years with Buffalo was the window. And the reason he's so frustrated all offseason was like, our window is gone now. Like, Lamar's back. Joe Burrow's getting signed. Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the, the AFC is loaded. Aaron Rodgers was there now. You Justin know what I'm Herbert. Like, there was nowhere for them to go up. It was like that was the time. And one fall from grace, and they're in a division now where they slip. They could fall into third place real fast. So yeah. I, I worry about the Bills because – they play like that uh, all season, and then they're, they'll finish last. I think I think they'll bounce back. Yeah. I think they'll bounce back. Though. Josh Allen's not going to play that bad yeah. all year. Um, like I said, I think he kind of got caught up in the moment of 9-11 and everything that was happening with Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, you know, it just seemed like opening night, first game back. Yeah. And just seemed like the, the – Pre-game jitters got to him and just yeah. carried on the entire game, and he never was able to figure it out. But like I said, week one, let's not try. Let's try not to overreact too much. There's still fucking sixteen weeks to be played. Yeah. A lot of football um, to be played, guys. Two more things before we move on to pickums and bet of the week. Uh, I wrote down Jordan Love looks great. Looks great in Green Bay. He did. I know they were playing the Bears, and the Bears looked like the same old Bears that we've come to know. But he come out, handled his business. I think he threw for 245 and two touchdowns, no yep. picks. Aaron Jones had a hell of a game. I think Green Bay is going to be all right. I think so, too. I think they made the right decision moving on from Aaron Rodgers, especially in hindsight now. You say, oh, he got injury, you know what I'm saying? But here's also another question mark, and this is kind of me drifting. Is MetLife cursed? Man, I don't know. It's a good question. Because <laughs> they have guys go down all the time. You know what I'm saying? Some places, some places, the turf, the turf gets people. I don't yeah. know what it is. I don't know. MetLife might be cursed. But to say that, Jordan Love did look fantastic. I think Green Bay might made the right decision. I think they're in good hands. They may not be instant, like, conference championship contenders because they couldn't do it with Aaron Rodgers. But Jordan Love 
they handed it off at the right time and he stepped right in and did exactly what he was supposed to do. Absolutely. I think there's something to quarterbacks coming in the league and setting behind a veteran. Yeah. I think there is something real about that because, I mean, you look at Mahomes, set behind yeah. Alex Smith for a year. Yep. One, now he's one of – I mean, that's just – there's such a learning curve at the quarterback position that you need that six-month, eight-month, 12-month. You know, in Jordan Love's case, three years he set yeah. behind Rodgers. You need that. You look at it as sort of a training orientation type period of showing you how to be, be a professional quarterback. Yeah. Because it's not the same as in college. I mean, look at Johnny Manziel. He was able to do whatever he wanted to in college and still go out there and ball out. But then he gets to the NFL, and it's a man's game. Yep. You got He refuses to watch film. He parties, doesn't do the right things, and he ends up being one of the a major bust. Yeah. And that's no no hate on Johnny Manziel. I love Johnny football, but I mean, facts are facts. It is what it is. So I think, you know, young QBs need a mentor to set to to kind of take them under their wing and show them the ropes. Yeah. No matter how talented they are. I think it definitely goes a long way. It's something that more NFL GMs need to look into bringing that vet give right. the quarterback time to develop. And I think a lot of teams try to set it up that way. If yeah. they see that they have a quarterback who's who's getting older or they might be moving on from in the future, they, they try to take maybe like a Brock Purdy. Yeah. Or, you know, some of these late round guys that go and are their the plan is to sit for a couple of years and then maybe they'll be ready to start. All right, last thing, because I know, you know, everybody wants to hear our take on this. Uh, Aaron bleeping Rogers, <laughs> four plays, possibly the end of his New York Jets career, possibly the end of his entire career. What is going on, man? I just let me say this. My, my heart does go out to Aaron Rodgers and the Jets organization. I feel total. I'm like so upset. I can only imagine what they feel like. Oh man! Because you have this all-time great quarterback, Hall of Famer, first ballot comes in. You've been they've, they've, there's been this unimaginable hype around the team this entire offseason. You have hard knocks come in. You know, first game on nine eleven, Rogers runs the fucking American flag out to the middle of the field. Everybody's juiced. I'm not gonna lie, I did get a little emotional, man, seeing yeah. the flag and seeing the 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 light the beams of light where the towers were and the statue of Liberty right there in the foreground, man, I, I dude, it got me going. Yeah. As any, as it should, any true blue blooded American. It was quite a scene. I and mean, I, I thought, feel. man, I thought, man, the jets are about to beat the brakes off of the bills. And then f- <laughs> fucking five minutes later, Rogers tears his Achilles and it's done for the season. Yeah. It wouldn't have been, as bad, I mean, it still would have been bad, but it wouldn't have been as bad if it was like midway through the third quarter, Rodgers drops back, throws a pass, and ends up getting, you know, hit. Something happens, and he he, he gets a high ankle sprain yeah. or, you know, tweaks a, a knee or an elbow or a finger. And it's like, oh, he'll be out for a few weeks, but he'll be able to come back. No, he tore his Achilles, yeah. which is at least a year of rehab. 
And he, I mean, who knows? He may never be the same. He may never play again, like you said. And so it was just a gut punch last night, man. Yeah, I was about to say it's 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 like a gut punch, or I don't know. My brain was rattling around for an analogy right there. It's like you meet this cute girl, and she lets you go back, take her back to the house, and you get her clothes off, and you're about to, you know, do the whole thing, and then. You nut. <laughs> you nutted way too early. Like American Pie. American Pie all over. American That's the pie. scene that went in my head was the American Pie scene. It's like you blew your load in the first four seconds, the first four plays, the four play, four plays cost you the entire night, which is the NFL season. I'm saying MetLife is cursed and – well, here's maybe, the thing. Maybe it was a sacrifice thing. Maybe the NFL, the Jets sacrificed. Maybe the Rogers. Jets win this. Maybe the Jets win the Super Bowl now. <laughs> if that happens, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to believe incredible. in conspiracy. Well, and that's kind of what I was going to say next is, yes, this is a devastating loss. Obviously, anytime you lose a player that is the caliber of Aaron Rodgers, that's going to hurt. But I think last night showed that they can still compete. The yep. season is not lost in the first four plays of the season. You get it? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the defense is still phenomenal. Garrett Wilson is still phenomenal. They've added Aaron Lazard. They've added uh, Randall Cobb, McCole Hardman, you know, exe- uh, Dalvin Cook, Brees yep. Hall. They still have pieces. Okay, so it's not time to panic yet. You need you know, you need to go out like we talked about earlier this morning. That's been the whole discussion on Sports Talk Radio all day. Go out, get a good veteran quarterback. Even if you plan on starting Wilson, get a good veteran quarterback that's going to be able to be a solid backup and also help Zach Wilson along throughout the season. Even if, you know, no matter what your plan is, you need to go out and get somebody, whether that's uh, Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett. A, I know they're talking about Tom Brady, which is a you know shot in the dark. But you know, it's your responsibility as a GM to explore every every option something. available. Something pull Matt Ryan out of the booth, call Nick Foles, bring in somebody that can be there as a backup option. Fucking call Blake Bortles. Fuck it. Yes, anybody. Anybody, but have a backup. Just don't call Joe Flacco. They could call Joe Flacco. Don't call Joe Flacco. I'm telling you people. I mean, you know, Super Bowl winner, savvy vet. Imagine. We'll see what happens. But honestly, last night, and uh, last thing, Xavier Gibson, undrafted rookie, Returns the punt in overtime for a touchdown to end the game. That shit was electric, What a way to end opening weekend of football. Man. Maybe there is something to this script writer shit. Uh, I don't know. Oh, bro. Seems like it. It was kind of sketchy when you see how – I mean, he was like – it was like the Bills special teams was standing still, the way he was just running down the field. And then the – did you see the video of the kicker, like – Terrible attempt at tackling yeah, him. Trying to like 
I don't know what he was trying to do. It looked like he was trying to give him a titty twister. Yeah, like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, fo- kickers aren't real football players, so. It doesn't matter. I'm laying my ass into this dude, bro. He made a business decision. He didn't want to yeah. get hurt. All right? I don't. Oh, my God. But uh, the Jets gained a fan last night, man. I'm yeah. re- I'm pulling for those guys. Yeah. They definitely really have am. my heart. I, I, I feel for them. I know that I would be absolutely devastated if I was in that same situation. Facts. All right. Let's do our pickums for week two, and then yep. we'll do our new segment, Bet of the Week. Yes, sir. And then we will get on to the next topic, and then we'll close it out. Yes, sir. All right. First game, Ooh. Minnesota at Philadelphia. Ooh, I'm, I'm going to go Philly. I'm going Philly. I'm I don't believe Philly. in Minnesota. I'm taking Philly. I'm saying this because the Vikings – are not going to be good this year. I've seen it, and it's going to be one of them situations where these last two years they've won the close games. This year they are not going to. The Eagles win by 24 points. All right. Call this shot. Here we go. Green Bay at Atlanta. Green Bay at Atlanta. I'm going to take the Falcons here. Taking the Falcons here. I like what they're doing. I think that the run game is good enough to carry the Falcons into a situation where they're not expecting it. So I'm going to take Atlanta. Yeah, I'm going to go with Atlanta as well. The Green Bay really hasn't been tested. I don't know if they can count week one against Chicago. Chicago kind of just laid over uh, Atlanta for me. Obviously, it's my team. Got to roll with them. All right, next game, Las Vegas at Buffalo Bills. I'm saying Buffalo bounces back. Josh Allen gets his shit together. I'll take Buffalo. Yes, sir. Not going to play that bad two weeks in a row. No way. All right. Baltimore Ravens at Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh, this is a tough match. This is a very tough one because I don't think Cincinnati is going to play that terrible again, but I don't know if they can beat Baltimore. Baltimore's defense looks... Pretty damn good. Yeah. Which they always do, but I mean. I think I'm going to take. I'm going to take Baltimore. I, I think, got Cincinnati. I think Cincy goes 0 and 2 and then rattles off 5. <laughs> I can see it. But I'm going to take Cincy. All right, I took Baltimore. All right, next game Seattle Seahawks at Detroit Lions. Detroit. I'm riding the Detroit chain all season. Super Bowl. Lions. Riding Detroit. I think I'll take Detroit as well. Uh, Seattle, they looked good in the first half against the Rams, but the second half they looked like they had never played football before. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to go with Detroit there. Yeah, Next game, uh, LA Chargers at Tennessee Titans. Taking, taking the Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, yeah taking Chargers, Chargers for sure and use in there. Don't even need to talk uh, about I think Tannehill's done. Tannehill's done. I think Will Levis will be the starter week five, week six. Yeah. Not, I mean, Levis wasn't even active. You sure it's not? He was dressed board? out. <laughs> I know he was dressed out. I've seen him on the sideline. I think they're going to see Malik Willis and see what they got in him before they put Will Levis on the field. I don't know what they're going to do, but Tannehill's not the not the answer. Uh, I know Tana, that. Tannehill's out. Tannehill's out. All right, next game, Chicago Bears at Tampa Bay 
Buccaneers. I'm rolling with TB, Tampa Bay. I'm Baker, on the Tampa Bay train. Baker looked scrappy. It looked like he wanted it. Did you see the clip of him running out of bounds and he like kind of ducks his head and, and runs into uh, defense and he yells, get your weight up, little boy. Yeah, and he's like, uh, it was it was a hell of a, I like Baker. I like that he has his confidence back. I'm pulling he's for him. He's got nothing to lose. He's yeah. got nothing to lose. He's been a starter. He's been a backup. He's bounced around the league. Now his his opportunity to regain that starter, uh, you know, the starter title, and really, I think he's got the. This is like the perfect team for him. Yeah, he's got weapons. Finally, he's like I said, he's got nothing else to lose. He's got no pressure. I think that's a very dangerous man. Yeah, that's who I kind of. I'm pulling for Baker. I want to see him do it. I think he'll be good. All right, next game: Kansas City at Jacksonville. Taking KC, no way does KC start out 0 2. Yeah. I got Kansas City riding there too. They, especially, they just got Chris Jones back on contract. Got Chris Jones back. Yeah. Supposedly, Travis Kelsey Travis could back. play. So, that'll be huge. Not that, I, you know, Jacksonville looks great too. I mean, I just don't think Kansas City is going to start 0 2. Yeah. Um, next game Indianapolis Colts at Houston, Texas. Texans. I liked what C.J. Stroud did. Uh, I don't know if Anthony Richardson's going to be completely healthy. I could see a scenario where I'm going to take I'm going to take the Texans. I'm taking Indy. Indy, cool. Yeah, I got the Texans. All right, next game: San Francisco 49ers versus Los Angeles Rams. I got to go uh, with San Francisco here. I'm going to go with San Fran as well. Like I said, uh, they look like the most complete team out of week, from week one as far as the three phases, offense, defense, special teams. It just didn't seem like they had a weakness. Yeah. Uh, next game, New York Giants at Arizona Cardinals. Man. Bounce back. Giants taking the Giants. I want, I want to say that the Giants bounce back here. Um, also, I don't think Arizona is really too interested in winning ball games. Um, you know, they're trying to. Seems like they're in the rebuild phase. No Kyler Murray. No really, no superstars really. You know, they don't really have anything to build from. It seems like. So, I hope Saquon can get it going for me in fantasy. <laughs> That's my thing. God, can only hope, right? All right, next game, New York Jets at Dallas Cowboys. I hate to do it. I hate to do it. It, it hurts me, but I'm taking Dallas. Dallas I'm taking is hot. Dallas. But I do think the Jets' defense will check the Cowboys' offense. I just don't know that. I do. I, do. I, I believe that too, but also I don't know what the Jets are going to be like offensively. Nobody yeah. knows, you know. I don't know if they're going to be able to bring it against that Dallas formula, defense. I think the formula for the rest of the year for the Jets is going to be exactly what they did last night. Play excellent defense. Run the fuck out of the ball. Don't, don't make Zach Wilson have to make 
Don't make him have to be the guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Don't make him have to go out and make you a play. Kind of like, you know, the early 2000s Ravens team with Trent Dilfer. Yeah. Play great defense, take care of the ball on offense, and muddy it up and scrap it up, and maybe you can edge out a close victory. That's the way I see the Jets going for the rest of the year. Yeah. I like All right. that. Next game, Washington Commanders at Denver Broncos. I like the Commanders there. I like the Commanders as well. Sam Howell really uh, stood out to me yeah. last week. He looked good enough to win them games because the Commanders defense is really slept on. That's a good fucking yeah, defense. Yeah, they are. It's a good, good front defense. four. Yeah. All right, next game, Miami Dolphins at New England Patriots. I liked what the Patriots showed last week. Although they could and probably should have beat the Eagles. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I don't think anybody's going to stop them yet. Maybe week four or five. Well, I, think, it out. I think if anybody can stop them, it would be Belichick. Yeah. Because that is, a, you know, Miami isn't a d- divisional opponent. He's, yeah. He knows them like the back of his hand, I feel like. Ah. Uh, uh, I'm going to roll with Miami as well. I just don't think they can keep up pace with Miami's offense points-wise. All right, next game, New Orleans Saints at Carolina Panthers. I'm going to go NFC Saints. South matchup. I'm gonna yeah, go I'm going to go Saints. I like Bryce Young. I like what he did, but it's just it's just Derek Carr first. Bryce Young right now. That's that's who I'm that, kind of yeah. feeling. That's kind of what it boils down to. Yeah. All right, last game of the slate. Cleveland Browns at Pittsburgh Steelers. Even if the Steelers pick it up and figure it out, I don't know if... I don't know if it's enough. I don't know if it's enough. So I think I'm going to take the Browns. The Browns are a sneaky good roster, a really good roster, not even sneaky good. They're a really good roster. Yeah, I'm going to take Cleveland as well. Um, Pittsburgh really struggled protecting Kenny Pickett. And the Browns' defensive line is pretty pretty stout. So Pretty stout. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. is a beast, bro. Absolute dog. Dog. He's fucking All huge. right, so that does it for the matchups. Pickums this week. Yes, sir. Stay, um, stay locked in, ladies and gentlemen. Last thing on NFL we're going to do. I think we're going to do this every week. It's going to be bet of the week. Where me and JD go through all of the games and pick out one that we think is an absolute lock that you could put any amount of money on and yep. you will win. Guaranteed winner. So my game, I took Kansas City at Jacksonville. Uh, Kansas City has gets three points, so meaning they have to win by four or more points. And then I'm going to take the over on the over-under. The over-under is 51, so I'm going to take the over, meaning that they have to score more than 51 points. Mm. J.D., what's your game? So, I did er, – okay, so we went over this prior to us starting, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we do. We, we have a little pregame discussion before we come into this. And I was really feeling Giants five-and-a-half over the Cardinals – and I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it, and uh, it's it's pulling me in a certain direction. I want to take 
here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell everybody this is what I trust. I know the Dolphins are going to beat the Patriots. I think the Patriots had a game of their year last week, this past week against Philadelphia. And I'm feeling that the Dolphins beat them by more than two and a half. One touchdown. You're telling me the Dolphins can't beat them by one touchdown? Yes, put your money on the Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are going to walk out of there. A 7-14-21, maybe even 21-point win. And if I'm doing an over-under for this, it's 46.5. I say the Dolphins alone score 35 to 42 points. So New England scores one touchdown. Really? On New England? I'm telling you, bro, the Dolphins are that good. I mean, they're great, but uh, New England's defense is good, too. Hey, it's your bet. Your bet. Ladies and gentlemen, trust the money. Follow the money. Follow Cozy if you want to make money. All right? This is the lock of the week. We're going over 46 and a half. It will be, I'll tell you how many points are actually going to be scored if you want to put in an alternate over-under. It'll be more than 53 points scored. All right, 53 and a half over that. Go ahead. Lock it in. You heard lock it here it first. In, baby. You heard it here first. That's your bets of Take the week. Take it to the bank. Take it to Take the it bank. To the bank. That's what I'm talking about. There's All your right, free that money. Does Come it. get it. That does it for our NFL segment. All right, last thing I really have the plan to talk about. We're sitting at a minute or an hour, 11 minutes. We're going to run through this pretty quickly. Then we'll get to our closing segment. Uh, UFC 293 over the weekend. A great Ooh. event. There was lots of good fights, but the main event, Israel Adesanya takes on Sean Strickland for the championship bout. Obviously, Izzy is the was the current champion. Sean Strickland, the challenger. He was the number five ranked dude in middleweight. So really, you know, He's number five. You would think that he does, he's not up for a title shot yet. But Duplessis um, had an injury that was going to take too long to recover from. So, and it, Izzy had to have a fight or he was going to end up forfeiting the belt. So Strickland took this on short notice. And let me tell you, it was one of the best performances I've ever seen in the in the UFC as far as technical, just precision. Uh, executing a game plan, pushing the pace, driving the fight, you know, controlling the octagon. Strickland looked amazing. And it looked like Adesanya, maybe his head wasn't in it, or maybe he, you know, how to, it just like he had an off night. But, you know, you expect Adesanya to come out and be, you know, he's regarded as one of the best strikers to ever fight in the UFC. So, you know, you're expecting to see some some heavy blows. But really, Adesanya kind of faded away. It seemed like Strickland was continuously stalking him. He was continuously pushing him into the corner and try and, and Izzy was trying to find angles and trying to reverse out of it. And Strickland he clamped him up in a way that Izzy had never been clamped up before. Even in the in the Pajeda fight. It seemed like he was more comfortable. And so I don't know if it's what's going on with Izzy, but, you know, he was obviously wetting himself. It seemed like he wasn't expecting that kind of onslaught of attack. Well, 
was brought. And that's something me and my buddy were talking about because I, I went over to his crib to watch the, the fights. But it seemed to me like, I, dude, I love Sean Strickland. I don't know if you've ever heard him talk. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. is a crazy motherfucker. Like he's he's fucking he's like crazy. The last guy they want to win the belt. Yes, he's, he's fucking say crazy. Whatever the fuck he wants. But it seemed to me like he, you know, we we had talked about the intimidation factor with Bama, and I feel like Izzy obviously Stylebender. He has that type of intimidation factor because he he is one of the best strikers that we've ever seen, and so. It seemed like Strickland just went in there and was like, I'm not fucking scared of you, dude, and was just in his face, in his grill the entire time and was able to to fend off Adesanya's um, kicks. And so that enabled him to get inside and land a few. He dropped him in the first round. Strickland dropped Adesanya yeah. in the first round and almost ended it. If it wasn't the end of the round, possibly could have been the end of the fight. Yeah. But anyway, it goes on to a unanimous decision. Strickland wins five rounds. Um, like I said, really wasn't even close. And a lot of discussion around this is uh, that this is probably one of, if not the biggest uh, upset in UFC history. Yep. I, w- I would say so, too. It was unexpected, without a doubt. I mean, like I said, I, th- I, l- I love... Uh, love it for Sean Strickland. I think he's, you know, he is crazy as fuck, but I think he's a good, everything you hear about him, it seems like he's a good dude, does the right things. You know, he's all about training, stays out of trouble. Um, So, yeah, I mean, so what does this mean for Izzy's legacy? Where does he go from here? Does he get the rematch, the automatic rematch, or does he take some time off and try to reevaluate? Yeah. I think he's going to take some time off. I, I think... I think he's not in in the right fighting headspace. Yeah, I don't like. I said, I th- it look. It seemed like he was just a step off the other night, and you know, who knows what's going on with him. I think this definitely takes him out of the goat, as far as pound for pound goat yeah. discussion. I don't think you can put Izzy in there. I mean, one of the all time great strikers, yes, but he's not up there with like. John Jones or Khabib or even George St. Pierre. Yeah. I it's just not a long enough stretch, I feel like, of dominance. I mean he's been great, but I love it. You know, Stylebender, my guy, you know, I I go to bat for him, but it's just I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's just done with fighting. He seems more like he's into the media outlook. He might be. I mean, you know what I'm saying? He's 34. Yeah. So he's not a young man anymore. No. I think he's kind of in the mind space where it's like, maybe I just shut it down, hang it up. He's got enough though to say. Yeah, he's done enough. Yeah. He has nothing to prove. Yeah, exactly. Like he's got enough to say, I I can be done now, you know? Yeah. And the fight game, if your heart's not in it, there's no reason to even do it, you yep. know? Yep. I kind of feel that same way, which good for Sean. I think he'll, I think he'll hold the belt. I think I could see him winning a couple fights too. I could like see him defending it. Yes. Yeah. I think he's, he's an enigma. I think he's yeah. very, he has a very awkward style. I think, I think 
the next title shot. You know, people have thrown, obviously, the rematch with Izzy. They've thrown that out there. They've also thrown uh, Hazmat Chimaev. They've thrown that name out. But honestly, I think the best matchup would be Sean Strickland and uh, Duplessis. Yeah, Duplessis would be a good one. For the middleweight title. Aren't aren't they boys? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they are, but I know uh, the last fight Duplessis had, he knocked out uh, Forrest Whitaker. Or maybe submitted him. I can't remember, but he had a great fight. And I think stylistically, uh, Sean Strickland versus Duplessis, that would be probably the best fight on the on the card. It would be a or fun watch. I would definitely tune in illegally somehow to watch that. <laughs> illegally. <laughs> I'm not paying for no UFC fight. Come on now. Also, last thing, UFC, they had two guys in the, pre- in the post-fight interview drop the F-bomb. And not, I'm not talking about fuck. Oh, yeah. You know did. what I'm talking about. I, yeah. Two of them. I didn't even think about that. And uh, my jaw just like dropped whenever, whenever uh, that, like, because you don't expect that in mainstream sports anymore. So I don't know what Dana White had to say about it. I don't know yeah. what the repercussions were, but it's just not every day you hear somebody use that language anymore. It's it's outdated and incorrect anymore. That's well, the, I just think you know, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what's going to happen with it, but just kind of caught me off guard. All right, anything else? Um, no. Aside from the ladies and gentlemen that have been showing interest in our Patreon, we appreciate you. If you haven't, please go and share our Patreon. I will continue to post that in every facet that I can to try and get that outlet out there is kind of a, a look into us on the backside of what we do our normal lives. I know you guys enjoy us as much as you do. So here's a little more for you guys, exclusive content, background info, all kinds of things, the process of cozy and Murph, check out our socials, check out us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts. We are now on iHeartRadio If that's what you do, um, I think aside from that, man, that's pretty much everything. You got any final things you want to say? Uh, just a couple things here. Um, fantasy football league. If you have any questions or any suggestions, please put it in the group chat. Yes. Or hit me or JD up. Please let us know because um, I know you know we had an issue with the waiver wire opening on two a.m. on Tuesday, opposed to. 2 a.m. on Wednesday. Um, I know we had a lot of discussion about whether or not to um, make the tight end a flex position and have three have an extra flex instead of a tight end. Um, also, you know the scoring scale. I wasn't. We weren't really clear on that. So just remember, guys, this is the first time that I've ever done uh, a fantasy league like this. So if you have any suggestions or any questions or any anything at all, just hit one of us up. Or put it in the group chat, and we'll talk about it. Sir. Um, other than that, the Patreon thing, uh, we're going to start making some little mini episodes, maybe 15, 20, 30-minute episodes. Those will be probably Patreon exclusives yes, for, for a while until we start you know, building, it, building some episodes up, and then we might release them for free. Um... Last thing, shout like I said, shout out to Owen and Emily. Thank you for such a great time 
beautiful wedding. Wish and hope the best for you guys. Love you. And then um, shout out Allie Marshall, my, one of my best friends, probably my best friend. Uh, happy birthday. I know I was supposed to say it probably two weeks ago because your birthday was two weeks ago. But honestly, I forgot. Can you forgive me? Happy belated birthday. Happy birthday, Casey Shavers. Happy birthday, Devont Ronald Tut. My people. Uh, born on 9-11. Hell of a birthday. Other than that, I guess see you next time. Peace. Peace. Let's go.